A future without bolusing for meals. Believe it or not, that future is already here. On today's podcast, I'm joined by two people using a DIY closed loop algorithm that for one of them keeps her over 80% in range without ever needing to log carbs or manually bolus for food. Seriously, the other user does bolus before meals, and he continues to have over 90% time in range. He says a day at 98% in range, it's not even a special occasion. Whoa. I'm Justin. Welcome to Diabet Tech. I have type 1 diabetes. On this show, I talk all things diabetes tech, news, and management with educators, tech leaders, and those thriving with diabetes. I spoke with two admins about this experimental DIY automated insulin system. It's an iPhone app called IAPS. The I stands for iPhone and APS is for artificial pancreas system. IAPS may be one of the most powerful algorithms being used to manage type 1 diabetes. While it's controlled by an iPhone, you won't see it on the App Store because you need to build it yourself. My interviewees, Teresa and Magnus, they're working to develop documentation and instructional videos to support the IAPS system, while also managing the Facebook support group, and they're hosting live loop and learn sessions. Links to all those are in today's show notes. The two are coming to us live, or live taped, from the Diabetes Mine D-Data Exchange Conference in San Diego. This is the birthplace of the We Are Not Waiting community. It puts industry professionals, regulatory agencies, and medical professionals in a room with forward-thinking people with diabetes to focus on collaboration for the betterment of the diabetes community. Now, I can keep going on about how cool IAPS is, but the interview speaks for itself. And this is a two-parter. In next week's episode, I interviewed a user on her experience using IPS over the last few months. So I'm excited for you to hear that as well. New episodes of this podcast release every Monday on YouTube and on all podcast platforms. Be sure to follow and keep in mind, anything you hear on this podcast or content on my social media and YouTube channel is not medical advice. Always consult with your physician before making changes to your healthcare. IAPS is experimental. It is not approved by the FDA or regulatory authorities. You take full responsibility for building and using IAPS, and you do so at your own risk. Now, a quick word from our sponsor. Today's episode is sponsored by T1D Exchange. You can directly make an impact on diabetes healthcare, treatments, and technology by participating in the T1D Exchange registry. It starts with a simple survey about your life with T1D, and it only takes about 15 minutes. After that, you'll have a personal portal with ongoing T1D study and survey opportunities from research on technology, daily T1D management, and more. Plus, some of these studies even offer compensation. Signing up with the link in the show notes helps support my channel, and it allows me to continue putting out free content. You can sign up at T1DExchange.com org slash diabetic or click that link in today's show notes. Now for the episode. Well, hello, you two. Uh, this is so exciting for a few reasons. First of all, what we're talking about today, I've probably never been so excited about a podcast recording before. No offense to all of my other guests, but also <laughs> I have two people on the show. So welcome. It's so awesome to be here. 
So let, let's let everyone in who's listening and can't see you. Where where are you right now? We are um, in San Diego, and um, we're actually at the um, Diabetes Mind D Data Conference. And we're outside. And we're outside. Um, <laughs> yeah, they, they couldn't find a room, so they no. went outside. And you know what? There are no helicopters right now, which is great. No, and if don't they happen, we'll just yeah, there might be. What's the name of the conference? It is um, the Diabetes Mine D Data Innovation Summit. It's the location where Night Scout was founded, where um, Tidepool started their Loop FDA journey. Um, it was. It's always been a very small conference, and um, Amy Tenderich, who is the founder of Diabetes Mine, um, kind of. It's been her. As brainchild. She's been wanting to get industry and DIY tech innovators in the same room for collaboration and advancement of technology in diabetes. And wow. this is the 10th year that she's had this conference. And so many amazing things have come from it. She's amazing. Um, and so that's where we are. We're here because IAPS is one of the demo spots. There are 10 companies demoing their um, product or app, and we're part of it. What is IAPS? <laughs> <laughs> well, let's start with the basics. Yeah, let's start there. Well, we need to go a little bit back in time uh, to talk about APS. APS is uh, short for artificial pancreas system. And APS has been around for quite a while, actually before Loop even. Uh, there was something called Open APS, and there's uh, something called Android APS, which is like a closed loop system for managing your type 1 diabetes on Android. But some of us prefer, you know, the iPhone. So IAPS is an iPhone implementation of this APS algorithm. Uh, which basically makes um, your CGM and your insulin pump speak. And so normally we hear hybrid closed-loop system. Is IAPS a fully closed-loop system? Or, well, or that, that depends. Uh, some people have successfully set it up to be a, a fully closed-loop system. Uh, but again, depends on your definition of fully closed-loop. It, it, I mean, it, it only controls your, your insulin pump, right? So there's no, there's no secondary hormone to get your, your sugars back up if you go low. So, uh, but fully closed-loop in the way that it can actually uh, treat your type 1 or help you treat your type 1 without having to uh, enter carbs without having to bolus for meals. And there's, there's a different success rate here. Some people get, uh, get it uh, to do a lot for them, and some people get it to do a, a little bit. But, but still, it's, it's, um, it's, it's a lot more closed loop than what you can achieve with, with iOS loop, which is what we usually compare it to. And we're going to get into the way that people are using it, specifically how you both are using it. And I know one of you may be using it in a more closed-loop way than the other. Mm -hmm. But first, uh, Teresa, why did you get involved with IAPS? Um, I've always been looking for a way to have technology meet me where I am instead of me matching what technology needs. So having technology meet my needs instead of me 
meeting the needs of my technology. And for me personally, that means I want to put as little information into the system and have the best blood sugar outcome as possible. And so I've always been looking for the next best thing that has led me eventually to IAPS. Um, I started on loop back in the day, 2017. Um, and through my search of finding a better and better algorithm that meets my needs, I have found my way into IAPS. Can you tell me a little bit, Magnus, can you tell me a little bit about the history? You kind of mentioned it comes from OpenAPS, AAPS, but kind of just where did the IAPS come from? Well, How did that come about? Yeah, uh, IAPS is, uh, uh, well, we could call it a rebrand, maybe. Yeah, because uh, it's still the same. Yeah, it is. Uh, it's a rebrand of something called Free APS X. I mean, there's so many names, and they're so long. So IAPS is a way to, to call it what it is. It's, it's the iPhone version of the artificial pancreas system. Uh, the history goes back to uh, uh, originally a fork of loop, actually. So uh, there's, uh, there's a lot of history. But I think the important thing to know is that it's, it, it, it doesn't really have many similarities with Loop. Um, it, it, it works in a different way, um, but still it's on your iPhone. And, and it's, it's uh, easy to use. It has a user interface that, that people can understand. The algorithm part, I mean, the, the math that, that helps you uh, get the right dosage, it, it, it dates back to 2013. Yeah, so that's, this has been a long for, for, for a while. Yeah, that's crazy, especially because it is a very impressive system. And we're going to get into all that. But like the fact that it's been around for so long – why did DIY loop get more attention? Why is that the one that every, like, I feel like mainstream people know about what happened, especially since I know, I feel like you two and many others may feel like I, APS is the more superior one. Why did DIY loop make the cut and, and, and well, grow, rise well, so high? DIY loop or loop, iOS loop was the first uh, the first one that you could get on your iPhone. And um, okay. it was easy to use. Uh, there were not so many settings. It was, it was really easy to get started. Uh, and at the time, the APS world was still using um, uh, devices without a screen. Yes. Yeah. So the original APS was OpenAPS, which was wow. on a Raspberry Pi computer that you had to build. Mm -hmm. And that is very intimidating to somebody outside of the tech world. Yeah. Um, so so uh, iOS Loop tried to get rid of all of that, uh, and they made uh, an app that's easy to use, easy to set up, um, <clears throat> and a user interface that, that everyone can understand. But by doing that, and this is my personal opinion, they took away a lot of the things that made it smart. I've, I've been on Loop and, and OpenAPS and Android APS. I mean, I've, I've used them all. And, and the, the beauty of Loop, again, is in the, the, uh, the user-friendly interface and the, the easy, how easy it is to, to get started. Uh, but you have to keep entering carbs. And you have to keep uh, entering fake carbs when you get it wrong. And you, you always have to keep, you know, chasing it and, and, and working or you have to adapt to the way uh, loop works. 
instead of mm-hmm. having an app that that in a way adapts a little bit more to you. Yeah, it's funny you say that. Um, I've been using DIY Loop for, I guess, a year and a half now, and I love it. And I've been able to achieve some very big things, things that range that people on automated systems that are consumer automated systems can't really achieve or are very difficult to. But I do have to enter in fake carbs sometimes, especially after uh, fatty foods. Um, I find myself doing that. And and I've gotten it down to an art form, but it does take time away from the moment or, or whatever I'm focusing on. So I'm excited to kind of talk about how that may not be the case with IAPS. Real quick, before we move into the algorithm and the technology, which is so important, um, can you? Who is Ivan in Russia? Can I? Can you tell me a little bit about his backstory and how he was involved? Because it was interesting when we talked about it. Yeah. So Ivan um, is the original creator of Free APS, the branch off of Loop. So he took the the Loop app, branched it, and created his own version or branch, and it's called Free APS. There was some conversation between him and uh, Pete Schwamm, and him and Pete went into went in two different directions, essentially. And um, at that time, Free APS was adopted by Loop and Learn, and Ivan branched and created Free APS X. And that is when he integrated the, the OREF algorithm. At that time, there was, um, we didn't have the Dash integration. We didn't have a lot of the advancements that we have today. And um, part of what stalled the development of Free APS X was the Russia-Ukraine war. So Ivan is in Russia. And when they when the politics got to where they are, he was unable to communicate outside of Russia. So he could do all the work he wanted to on free APS X, but it couldn't get outside of Russia. So the rest of the world is kind of sitting there with their branch of free APS X, but there's no advancements because it can't be shared. We don't know all of the details, but but I've heard that he was cut off from, from GitHub, which makes it kind of hard to, to share your code. And uh, com- well, communication was was yeah. Was his communication was restricted by no fault of his own. It just is that way. Yeah. Um, and there was a developer named Pierre that, um, for his own purposes, for a private repo or repository. Sorry, um, I don't want to use the the slang where nobody understands <laughs> the slang. Um, he he created his own branch of. Free APS X to integrate Dash. In September of last year, he opened that up to public because it was a private branch that he had. Um, and at that time, about six months later, um, he realized, shared that with uh, the now current primary developer, Jan, took over the branch and created. IAPS and what we have today. Yeah, it's so fascinating to hear this side of the DIY story. I had Pete Schwamm on the show to talk about the origins of DIY Loop. So now I feel like I'm getting 
you know, just all of this information of this timeline and this, this graph, this chart, whatever. And for my listeners, um, you, you have to go listen to that episode too. It's a fascinating story. Now let's get into IAPS. First, let's start about, let's start with the pumps and the CGMs that it works with. What are those? <clears throat> all right. Uh, let's start with CGMs. Yes. Well, if you're using Dexcom, then you're in luck. It supports um, G5, G6, and G7. And that's what most IAPS users are actually using. Um, it does support the, uh, the Libre mm -hmm. version 2. Libre 2? Yes. But uh, is it only the European version? I believe it's the whatever one is compatible with XTRIP. Yeah, exactly. So as long as it's compatible with XTRIP, then... Then it works. You can use it. Yeah. Just um, with the Libre question, with the Libre, does it require internet with the link up app or it's yeah, doing no, its own thing through no. extra? Uh, if you have the Libre 2, it connects directly. If you have the Libre okay. 3, you have to go through the whole uh, link up app and Night Scout and back. So um, it's not a good Which thing. Which requires internet connection. Exactly. So it's not Which is not a good thing. Smart. No. Yeah. yeah. So uh, Dexcom and Libre version 2 are good to go. Okay. All right. And pumps. Pumps, the same pumps that are compatible with Loop are compatible with IAPS. So Omnipod Dash, Omnipod Eros with, with a Riley link or Orange link or Emma link. And um, the same Medtronic pumps that are compatible with Loop. Okay. Yeah. And I'm not going to go through that list because. Yeah, no, no, that's fine. And I think at the this point, is, the mainstream uh, would be Omnipod Dash. Yeah, pods. I think that's yeah. that's what I'm and, doing it with. And, yes. and actually, IAPS and Loop share the same code for connecting to to your pump and your CGM. It's the exact okay. same code. Okay. Um, so if if it if if your equipment works with Loop, it's going to work with IAPS. Okay. Now the algorithm, it's very unique. That's what I mean. That's the magic. <clears throat> Why is the algorithm so unique? I don't know if it's if it's unique, but it, it's it's definitely different <clears throat> when you compare it to to what Loop does, because you know Loop uh, is is carb centric. It, it starts off with you entering carbs, and then it, it uses um, uh, your carb ratio, and and it looks at it, it predicts what your BD is going to be, and then it acts on that. Uh, IAPS and the other APS based systems um, they can use carbs. But they also look at what your BG is actually doing. So they look at how your BG changes. They look at if, it, if it's going up or down, and they act based on that. So um, it, it, what it does is that it, it, it does a prediction, uh, but it, it changes that prediction every five minutes. Every, every time you get a new CGM reading, it changes the prediction, not based on, on whatever carbs that you entered an hour ago, but based on what is actually happening. And it corrects based on that. So it can give you more insulin or it can cut off your insulin based on your blood sugar, which at least for me, and I guess for you as well, mm -hmm. it, it makes it react to reality instead of reacting to the carbs that you enter that may as well have been wrong. It's able to be reactive instead of um, relying on, on, carb um, on data or carb entry. Yeah. Which could easily be a user error thing. The fact that it's not relying on something that may be user error and it's taking some things into its 
own hands very much is closer to what we'd expect with the fully closed loop. So that's exciting. Now let's get into some of these, these powerful uh, tools. One of which is dynamic ISF insulin sensitivity factor. What is dynamic ISF? Well, it's, uh, it's another adaption to, to reality because, you know, um, if you, if you've been using uh, loop, you know, that your, your, your sensitivity is, is always changing. I mean, it's, it's not a constant and you might have uh, like a scheduled ISF that you go off, but, but there's still, I mean, there's slow days and there's days with a lot of activity that change your, your, your actual ISF. What the algorithm does is that it, it, it looks again, it looks at how much your, your sugars change when you get an amount of insulin and the, it just, it adjusts the ISF based on that within boundaries, of course. So there's a lot of settings that you need to tweak in order to get things right. But it, it, it can see that you're more resistant and, and give you more insulin based on that. It can see that you're more sensitive and give you less insulin based on that. Wow. And then there's also dynamic insulin carb to carb ratio. ratio. What is that doing? Well, it's, it's, doing, it's doing the same thing. Um, it's, it's looking at what uh, the carbs that you enter. I mean, um, the dynamic carb ratio only works if you actually enter carbs. Um, and, and what it does is that it, it, it again, looks at, at carb decay and adjusts your carb ratio, trying to mimic what's actually happening instead of just going off, uh, your chart. Yes. So it doesn't go off of your, your inputted settings. It uses those as a foundation to then adjust up and down based on your blood sugars reactions to what has been entered. Yeah. And this, this happens every five minutes. So there, there's a lot of calculation being done every time there's a new CGM reading. So currently no other system, consumer system, DIY loop, you know, that aren't this algorithm have these features. Well, um, the, that aren't this algorithm. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. So and, Android <laughs> APS does this, and IAPS does this, and Open APS does this. The only other DIY looping system that we know of is Loop. Yeah, I, I'm not thinking. Okay. Of, there are other systems in development, but in terms of DIY systems, the only other one that okay. I'm aware of are Loop and Loop branches. You had mentioned to me that IAPS uses SMBs, small microboluses. What exactly are those? Um, so that is um, IAPS's way of administering insulin um, in addition to temporary temporary basals. basals. Yes. Sorry, I almost said temporary targets, but that would be not correct. Um, yeah, so it is the, the alternative way to get more insulin up front instead of having to set high temp basils to get a significant amount of insulin, which is historically pre like very long time ago loop. The only way was adjusting basal rates and that's how it compensated. Mm -hmm. Whereas um, SMBs or small microboluses are a more efficient and quicker way of getting you the insulin you need. Um, at that time. Yeah. And what you actually see when you're using the app is that, uh, again, every five minutes, every time you get a CGM reading, uh, if you need more insulin, you will get an SMB. We'll get a tiny bolus or a larger bolus, depending on your settings, in order to correct you and get you back into range. Okay. And correct me if I'm wrong. I believe with DIY loop, 
there are now small microboluses, and that is almost the intended way for it to be used now? Yes, there right? are autoboluses okay. on loads, okay. what they're called. Which is, okay, but it's the same practice, it's, roughly? It's the same way of delivering insulin through yeah. small boluses, okay. but, but it's, it's, calculated, it's calculated, differently. calculated differently. Yeah. A quick word from today's sponsor, Omnipod. When I was first diagnosed with type 1 diabetes, one of my biggest fears was wearing an insulin pump and what that would look like. My fears were totally diminished once I started wearing Omnipod. Omnipod is a tubeless insulin pump that could be worn almost anywhere you'd give yourself an injection. What I love most is that I forget I'm wearing it. I never have to worry about disconnecting it for showers or swimming, and when I play kickball or go running, it's super secure. Even better, with Omnipod 5, you get automated insulin delivery by connecting it to a CGM. Omnipod 5 uses CGM trend and value to predict your glucose 60 minutes into the future and makes adjustments to your insulin delivery. If you want to try out Omnipod 5 yourself, you may be eligible for a trial. To check your eligibility and for full safety information and instructions for use, visit omnipod.com diabetic or click the link in today's show notes. All right, back to the show. So DIY loopers, um, we have an Apple Watch app, which I love to use. I can bolus right on there. I can see my sugar levels. Um, There is an IAPS Apple Watch app and a little complication you can have. Can you tell me a little bit about what you're able to do with that app? Yeah, sure. Just picking it up here. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm... I'm at 7.7, which is perfect because I'm not at your numbers. Um, I'm 70. So. 70, which is... I don't know. We don't do the math. No. <laughs> that's not the point of this question. So um, what can you do? Well, um, you can see your wait, glucose. Whoa, wait. You're 70? Like, mm-hmm. are you, like, straight line 70 yes. right now? I'm... S- I don't know if you can see it. Okay, oh, we're gonna away. have. Yeah, that's yeah. something we're gonna have to talk about momentarily yeah, no, when I'm asking you more. She's straight line seventy. Yeah, because well, this is yeah. the thing. This is the difference between straight us. Line seventy. You say okay. You say you're seventy, and you just said it so nonchalantly. <laughs> Me, I say I'm seventy, and something's kind of maybe not okay. So yeah. the, just the way you said that took me off guard, and that's why I had to interrupt. Okay, go on. What, what, and we're so going to get into that. The, what, the, the yeah. Apple Watch IAPS <laughs> yes. app, it shows you your BG, of course. It shows you a little green circle or a yellow circle or a red circle uh, telling you that, um, that the, the loop cycles are okay or, or, or delayed. And it shows you um, the, the carbs on board, the insulin on board, it shows you uh, a button to set your temporary target, uh, a button to do a bolus, and a button to uh, to enter carbs. And then there's a okay. third or fourth part that where you can actually choose what to see. Uh, you can choose to see your temporary profile. You can choose to see your your uh, your steps, your heartbeat. There's there, there's some level of customization that you can do. Mine you, shows mine shows me my current um, sensitivity factor. Yeah, so you, okay. can, you can basically choose what to what to what to see uh, on that that third part of the complication. And if you um, and this is my favorite feature, if you long press in the app, you get yeah, so a full screen a reading full of screen, your of your screen, levels. Yeah, and it's 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 your level and the loop circle, nothing else. So no clutter, okay. no extra information whatsoever. This is my night mode, basically. 
but that that's the app correctly correct yep. like that's not the screen you're going to see when you just look at your watch you need to open well, up the app and that will be it yes there it, is not a um yeah. there's not a complication that is there's not a sticky just a home screen yeah yes. exactly and, yeah. and there's, yeah. there's there's several reasons for that and and the main one is that again apple well while we love our, our iPhones and our Apple Watches, uh, Apple has some limitations to what we can do. And uh, this kind of complication cannot update more than every 15 minutes or, well, four times an hour, which is not enough to give an accurate reading. So, so there's a, an, a decision being made that says that, well, we're, we're not going to do that. We're going to, to put the, the IAPS icon as a complication. You can tap that and you get back to the app. And if you configure your watch correctly, then that app will stay open for an hour. So Gotcha. Okay, cool. That's awesome. That's great. One thing I also love about using DIY Loop is the ability to set um, overrides that for, depending on my activity. So if I'm going to work out in an hour, I turn it on. Uh, there's also a pre-meal ability. It will lower the target before meals. Does IAPS have the ability to create these temporary basils and ranges? Yeah, the, targets. They're, they're called they're called profiles, and it's it's quite easy to use. Uh, you can create your presets, so you can make one for for uh, pre-meal or for exercise or or for slow days or whatever, and and it it lets you. It lets you do a lot of configurations. Like you can, you can just uh, slide a percentage and say, "I, I want to go 125 percent or 75 percent to to change all of your settings." But then you can you can also uh, go into more settings and say that, "Well, for exercise, I want to go to 75 percent of my normal my normal profile." But then I also want to disable SMBs, which makes sense because during a workout, you don't you you might not want. Uh, uh, Bolus, uh, automatic bolus. Uh, you might want to have a slower acting um, approach to correcting your 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 BT. So there's a lot of configuration within the profiles feature, but luckily there's a, a preset so you can you can save your profiles, give them names, and give them a duration, and and they will turn off again automatically. And you can also okay. differentiate between whether you want it to change both your ISF and carb ratio. Um, whether you don't want it to, you can turn those off if you just want to change basal with the percentage. Um, you can also change your SMB minutes or um, unannounced meal set limits, the limits that you have on those features. You can have that included in your profile. So there's a lot of customization available in the profile settings for IAPS. And I think this is a, this is a, a, a very, I mean, there's a, a difference, a fundamental difference between Loop and IAPS. Loop is designed to be easy and not have too many settings. <laughs> IAPS has a lot of settings. There's a lot of things that you, you don't necessarily have to, but you can do. So uh, to a new user, it, it can look a little bit overwhelming, but when you understand it, oh God, it's, yeah. It's funny you say that because as you were saying all of that stuff, I was like, okay, like I understand what you're saying. Some of it's going over my head just a bit and I'm sure <laughs> listeners even a bit more for some of them. Um, but I can even attest to DIY loop. That was – I mean I think any system is going to be overwhelming at first with with the options that it provides. 
but as you use it and practice and get better, it, it becomes easier. I mean, I'm, I'm starting to remember all the terms that you're throwing at me and what they do. And the more I, you know, think about them, the more I'll get them down. But also, yeah, there, there's so many, there's so many settings. You don't need to rush to like do them all instantly. Just get those normal one, get those main ones down and, and kind of see where things go from there. Now, I know everyone listening is dying to hear more about results. Um, and so am I, <laughs> um, as I said earlier, as I said earlier, both of you have different approaches. So I kind of want to go from one to the other. Teresa, let's start with you prior to getting on this algorithm, you were on DIY loop. Yes. What was that transition? Like, I know it was so long ago, but what was the difference between what you were doing back then and now, like what's been the change on your overall Try, like mental health, but just like lifestyle change. What has this allowed you? What What has this opened up? I don't even know what I'm asking. I feel like what <laughs> yeah. is? How has no, it changed I, things for you? <laughs> I I rarely think about my diabetes on a day to day basis now, whereas before I was. It's a you know constant weight on your shoulders, right? Um, every decision is based on was it going to do my blood sugar? Every decision, right? Um, and Adding loop lessened that burden, but over the years, as I've switched and um, found IAPS, the the burden of diabetes has become so minuscule that I can devote my time to helping people with their diabetes instead of having to prioritize my own instead of having to constantly think about what am I doing? What's coming next? What do I need to do to prepare for this meal or this activity? Um, I really have found a hands-off approach to my diabetes, which has kind of freed me from it in a way. I still have to put on devices and make sure my app's working and those kinds of things, of course, but I don't, I don't think about diabetes on a day-to-day basis in terms of how to manage it. Yeah. Is it true that you don't bolus? I, I don't. I don't bolus. I don't announce carbs. I don't do hardly anything. How, how is that possible? I, I wish I had a formula <laughs> that I could share with everybody. Um, I know Magnus would like that formula if I ever develop it. But I, it really is just over the years fine-tuning my settings and finding the algorithm that works for me instead of me for it and being able to give it enough freedom so that it can safely keep me in range without me having to put that information in while also giving me enough insulin to keep me in range. And the fact that it's reactive instead of focusing on what I've entered into it, like the carb entries, I'm able to do that because I don't have to put the information in. It sees the information as it's coming from my CGM and saying, oh, you're starting to rise at this rate. The algorithm's not expecting it. So it's saying, oh, well, you must have unannounced carbs on board. So I'm going to account for those because of the rise in your blood sugar being so different from what it expects. And it's been life-changing. And so you're, well, okay, let's start with, you're not bolusing. You're not 
announcing meals, which all of us are so used to doing. What are your, like, what's your time and range like? Um, between on a bad day, it's 75% time and range on a good day. It's around 98% time and range. So it varies between those two in some way. So average about 80. Okay. I mean, not bad. Um, my range averages out about 80 and I'm announcing meals. So that would be cool to not have to announce meals. Also, what are you eating? Like, tell us, can you tell us all like the Cinnabon story? (laughs) Yeah, I know. Like I I had heard you ate a Cinnabon once. Like, I don't know. Just tell me about that. Tell us about that. Yeah. I don't, I, I'm on a high carb diet and like as alternative to low carb, um, I eat, all the carbs. I love cereal. I eat cereal for breakfast. I, and I mean like fruit loops, not that low carb stuff. Like I eat the good stuff and I, I love carbs. I love to, I love Cinnabon. I love pizza. I love like all the things that we're not supposed to eat pasta. Uh, that's what I eat. And, um, I've fought myself for, 25 years of diabetes trying to eat the things that I'm supposed to. And it's always been a burden. It's always been something that has led me into diabetes distress and diabetes burnout. And because I'm always fighting against myself and always feeling like I'm never going to be able to achieve this, this is something that um, I'm missing out on so many things because I can't have this anymore. And finally, I just was like, I'm doing it. I'm, I'm going to find a system that's going to let me live the life that I want to live and not inhibit me. Here I am. So I don't, I don't bolus. I don't count my carbs. I don't enter my carbs. I just eat what I want when I want. And the rare occasion that I do bolus is if I notice that my blood sugar is rising too high, too fast. And I'll say, okay, I, I probably should interfere and put some either inner my carbs or bolus, but that is maybe once a week. If that it's not very often. Yeah, not at all. And it's important to note you are on Ozempic. You're using that as a treatment for type one also, right? Yes. Do you, do you have any idea? Like, would that have a direct impact on that? You think and help the system, I guess. I think it definitely helps. Um, I won't say that it, it is the cure-all, but yeah. the way Ozempic works is it slows digestion. And the goal in diabetes management, right, is to match our insulin absorption with our carb absorption. So they perfectly match over. And the, the limitation that we all have is our insulin is slow. Mm-hmm. It's not as fast as, you know, endogenous ex- insulin. And Ozempic slows the carbs so that the insulin can catch up. So I do think that having Ozempic on board is a factor in my success, but I also can't say that it is a requirement for success. Yeah, yeah no, it's not. I mean, I, I only use insulin. Um, well, this is a good day, but this is my day. 98% in range. Um, I don't announce... How, how, how often... 
are you getting that 98% range? Does that shock you at all? Or it's like, no, oh, just another not, day? That's not, no, that's not shock. That's not a shock for me. I'm, I'm usually, I'm usually at 92, 93% in range. And, uh, but I do bolus for meals. Just, uh, um, my reaction to, to carbs is, is, is always a, a rice. So, um, I have to bolus for meals. Um, but I, I don't count carbs. I don't enter carbs. Uh, next bolus if I see that that my sugars are rising rapidly, but apart from that, I let the unannounced meals feature uh, and the SMV feature account for whatever uh, adjustment is needed. So I I pre bolus. I mean, I, I was on I was on on, on uh, MDI. I mean, pens like injections for well twenty five years or something. So I I I know intuitively how much to to bolus for a meal. So I, I do that through the app, uh, and I let the algorithm take care of the rest. And, and in, 9 out of 10 meals, that works fine. And you're, you're always pre-bolusing, or like how much time do you bolus before meals? It depends. For me, that depends on, on uh, how much insulin I have on board, uh, what kind of meal it is. I mean, if I have a Cinnabon, I need to, I need to pre-bolus like 20 minutes before. But for a normal lunch or, an old, or on a normal dinner, I, I bolus when I sit down to eat. Okay, gotcha. Are most people using IPS getting similar results overall? A majority of experienced users are. New users, depending on what system they're coming from, can find that it's difficult to transition their mindset based on what kind of system, which determines what features they're struggling with adjusting to. Um, yeah, so what, what we usually see in users coming from, from Loop is that um, the first week, uh, their their nights are perfect because you know the algorithm just takes you to target and keeps you there. Uh, but meal time is kind of difficult, and and they need to spend some time uh, uh, adjusting settings, making making the algorithm aggressive enough but not too aggressive, uh, and 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 changing their mindset uh, away from announcing carbs or at least away from <clears throat> from. Uh, assuming that carb announcement is the the main criteria because it isn't. Yes, or it, it's more looking at carb announcement as giving IAPS the the future information that it might need if blood sugars start to rise. Whereas in loop, you're giving the carb announcement for it to start acting immediately. Because yeah. and and just just to be clear, I mean, if if I do enter carbs, because I've I've tested that, if I do enter carbs. Uh, it, the algorithm does, does uh, a, an even better job. So it does help to enter carbs, but it, it, it's not, I mean, I'm still in the, in the 90% time range without. So for me, that's, that's a quality of life thing. I, I, I don't want to do math based on a, a yeah. plate of, I mean, no, that's not. Yeah, it's, it's more of a what, what are we willing to accept as success for our goals in diabetes management because I'm willing to accept mm -hmm. 80% as like, you know, a huge win because I don't want to enter carbs, but that 80% might not be the target that Magnus has. So entering or bolusing is a compromise for him to, yes. to achieve the target that he has. So we're, we're both finding our own success 
which is, you know, it's, it's something that you have to determine as an individual with diabetes is what do you find successful? I think only the person with diabetes can determine that. And I think this tool is something that can help everybody that is willing to use it and willing to take that steep learning curve and make it work for them. Wow. I think one of the hardest things about T1D for me is lingering highs from very fatty foods, pizza, burgers, French fries. Does IAPS do a better job at getting you down sooner from those than other systems? I'd, I'd, I'd definitely say yes, if you configure it correctly. Mm-hmm. You, you need to give it room to act on your high levels. Uh, so, so there's some configuration that you need to do. Uh, and okay. sometimes that conflicts with, um, with, the, with the configuration that you need for exercising. So, so there's, there's a conflict here. So I, I actually have a pizza profile and an exercise profile that, that are uh, working quite differently in, in order to, to get me down when I had pizza and, and not kill me when I, when I exercise. And I, I take a different approach because I, I, you love pizza. I, I eat pizza all the time <laughs> and I eat carbs all the time, right? So I have mindset to accommodate that carb entry or that carb factor. Um, and then I have a profile for exercise. Yeah. So my pizza profile would be your normal profile. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. How many people are using IAPS, you think? We don't know. We Yeah. We, we don't know. <laughs> um, we... We have about 1,500 people in the Facebook group. We have, honestly, I can't remember if it was 38 or 58 countries accounted for. There are 277 forks of Loop, but, or sorry, of IAPS. Of IAPS. <clears throat> wow. So that means 277 people have built it through GitHub, which is the browser build but it doesn't oh, okay. account for Xcode builds. Yeah. So basically, so it's uh, not really a full. Oh, okay. Yeah. So the thing is, IAPS is not. It's not collecting statistics. It's not calling mm-hmm. home to anyone to 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 uh, to give any any statistics to the developers uh, yet. It it will be, uh, but I, uh, if if I had to guess, it's in the hundreds, not the thousands. Yes. Oh, it's in the hundreds. It's in the hundreds, it may not be, the thousands. It, or like be, early thousands. It may be yeah. over a thousand, but it's not multiple thousands. Exactly. <laughs> wow, this is cutting edge. Okay, cool. Wow, I'm so honored that this is happening right now. This is so cool. Um, okay, does IAPS remove the need for us to even work on bihormonal pumps? Like, you're achieving 98%. Do I need to have two hormones in my pump, glucagon and insulin, to like, like you're getting 98% with with a sophisticated algorithm? Like, is the bihormonal pump dead? You know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that it is, but that's more because I think, and this is a personal opinion, Mm -hmm. that, um, it's all about finding what what work somebody is willing and able to put into something. So for this algorithm, it requires some upfront work where you have to 
get your settings close enough. You've got to know what all the the parameters that you're setting and adjusting what they actually do and what they mean and how you're influencing the decisions based on what your settings are saying. It takes a lot of upfront knowledge. Whereas a dual hormone system, because it's the islet and based on what has, you know, the, the current iteration of the islet, right? That's all I can go off of. Um, that requires so much less input for setup from the user that it's probably better for the larger diabetes population to get that level of control with a dual hormone pump. But mm -hmm. I also think that having options is the best thing for people with type one. And I think uh, when, when I was on, when I was on loop, uh, I, w I was getting unexpected lows. When I'm on IAPS or Android APS, I don't get unexpected. I do get lows, of course I do, but but never unexpected. I mean, there's oh, I can always explain them, usually by me doing something wrong. Um, mm -hmm. But but Luke would 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 shoot me low at any any time. Um, so um, no, I I wouldn't say that it 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 kills the 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 eyelid, um, but for 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 me at least, lows are not. It, it, it's not a significant issue anymore. Do you think the big players are watching Inslet, Tandem, Medtronic? Are they, do they know about I, IAPS? Are they like, why aren't they doing this? Um, I think if they don't know about IAPS, they will after this conference. Um, I do know that um, they are all watching the DIY space that they know. They know. a lot of the innovation done was done first. Not all of it, but a lot of it was done first in DIY. Um, remote monitoring done first in DIY. Many of the features that people with type 1 diabetes want in their closed loop systems or in their pumps, it was done by people with diabetes first because we know what we want and we're going to do it whether you let us or not exactly and i think i think that's the, the big issue because you were asking justin why why aren't they doing this and i think it's it's accountability liability all of the things that 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 come into play when you're afraid of being sued for something because you know i i can configure my iaps to give me too much insulin and 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 i I know how to configure it. I know which settings to use because I have I, I've, I've been doing this for a long time. Yeah, but you have to imagine. I mean, the the DIY space has been paving the way the way in for so long now. I mean, AID AID systems, automated systems have are, are the way they are today because of apps like this DIY loop, and um, you can only imagine that. You know they are they are watching or they they know that this is around and that they are working to get there one day, um, but it's just also incredible that it exists right now. And I think it's so cool that I don't know that I'm at the beginning of this. You know, I hear the I hear all about the the heyday of DIY loop and at that time how it um, just was this like new big thing. I mean, it's just so cool to be even talking to you right now about this. 
Um, I've, I've never geeked out so much, I think. Um, <laughs> now, I want you to tell me about the cat. Oh, the cat. <laughs> There's a cat. I don't know much Apparently, about the cat. But so I was on the app. I, I was on IAPS because I have yeah. IAPS on my phone. It is not currently doing anything other than showing my sugar readings. But I went to change the icon because there's an ability to change the icon. And there was a cat icon wearing an Omnipod. What is that all about? Why is there a cat icon? Yeah, yeah there, show it to the viewers watching. A, yeah. I mean, there's a very important feature in IAPS that lets you use your icon, right? It's so important. Uh, but there's a cat. Uh, and the thing is, there, there is actually uh, a cat. <laughs> there's a, there's a, one of the IAPS users has a diabetic cat. And she's, she's put on uh, a Dexcom and an Omnipod Dash, actually using IAPS to, to keep, to keep the, her cat alive. Yep. So, so we, we, have, have, we have a cat have that a is cat. using IAPS. As we speak. Mm -hmm. Wow. I'm still alive. Everyone listening, a cat has it before you. A non-human is using this and you are not. Wow. That's, that's incredible. If a cat um, can do it, then you can do it. Right? Exactly. Magnus, you had said last time we spoke that there are some growing pains with IAPS now, right? And I guess that is only natural in a space where there are so many people involved with different minds. I mean, that's why there are so many different versions of this algorithm circulating and everyone's tinkering with theirs. But I obviously, as a whole, many of you want this to be something that is, is one thing that does, can ideally do the, the strongest things possible that you think are right. Kind of take me into that. Where's IAPS right now? Um, and kind of what is it going through with those growing pains? Yeah. Well, um, I think there's um, the fact that there are so many people doing their own thing and making different branches of these, uh, these DIY systems. I think, I think that's why the development is going as fast as it is. So I think we need that kind of of innovation and it's it's driven by people who, who who believe that well I think I think this part should be different and then they just go ahead and change that if they have the skills to you know write code uh, and for IAPS I think I mean we have a stable I mean there's a stable release of IAPS it works it doesn't have any any substantial bugs or issues and then there's a development version where there's a lot trying to make a bolus calculator that's even better they're trying to to uh, clean up some of the old open APS settings that, that are kind of hard to understand when there's, there's a lot going on. Um, and I think with, with all of this being volunteer work, it takes time to develop, it takes time to test. Uh, cooperation between developers in different countries is also kind of hard. Uh, main developer Jan is in Sweden. I'm based in Norway. Uh, now I'm in San Diego. Our IAPS colleagues, Dan is here as well. He's uh, based in Germany. I mean, people, and we all have a, a job, a life, a family. I mean, things taking up most of our time. And we're, we, most of us have type one as well. So, so there's a lot going on. And then there's this time that we spend making the app better or trying to educate people and, and help people use it. And there's just, there, there's not enough time to get everything right. Uh, you know, so, um, it's, it's going to take time, but I think, I, I still think that if we, if we close this down or if we, if, if everyone, uh, joins forces, 
there, there, there's going to be too much uh, disagreement and, and, and politics to, to actually get it moving. So, so I'm, I'm a fan of, of keeping it this way. Uh, it's not for everyone. Just be clear on that. For people who uh, enjoy exploring new features, enjoy understanding their type 1 better, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a great, great tool. Yeah. And Teresa, what improvements do you think need to come to IAPS? I would love to see that the interface be more user-friendly than it currently is set up to be. I think a, I don't want to see any of the settings go away, but I would like to see them reorganized so that maybe they don't show up until you're using whatever feature they're required for. So there's, you know, this long, long list of different settings that are always visible and you can always see them, but some of them are not applicable unless you have dynamic ISF on, or unless you have SMBs on, or, you know, there's so many different features mm-hmm. that you can toggle on and off. And one of the ways that I think would be much more helpful and useful for the user is to have only those settings pop up when you actually have it toggled on because you don't need all of that information. It's a lot of, it's very overwhelming, especially for a new user. So something like that, I think would be, would go a long way, but that also requires time and I'm not a developer, so I can't go in and like just fix it all. Even though I could have this great idea of how to do it, I'm not the one that can actually make those changes. So it's, it all comes down to collaboration and working and communication. And it's a longer process than we would all love to see since we all are like, we're not waiting. Right. But there does come some, a time for patience. Yeah. And you're also working full-time jobs. Like this isn't a full-time job. I mean, it is a full-time job, but it's no one's full-time job. There's no, it doesn't pay (laughs) pay any bills. Exactly. At all. Exactly. It just costs no. money. One, what you get, well, what you're doing is you're paving the way for the pharmaceutical companies to take it and make a, make a life for themselves, yeah. which is great though. That's what we and want. Think, that is what yeah, we want. And, and, I think, and, and just, I mean, um, In a sense. it's all open source and the algorithm OREF has been, uh, has been available for many years as open source. And it's, 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 um, I mean, if, if big pharma wants to use OREF, go ahead, use it. It, it would be great. It would help so many people. So there, I mean, there's not, um, that, that, that wouldn't be an issue at all. No. Yeah. yeah I think the DIY space is one of the most giving groups of people devoting time to their family and friends, sometimes themselves working toward this just common goal to make type one diabetes easier to live with and to hopefully Teresa get to where you are, you know, where you really uh, don't think that. about it. You know, I'm not and there. yeah, maybe one day. But it, it's so inspiring to hear that you are in a place like that, because that's where I want everyone to be. That's where I want to be one day. So having you on the show to talk about this and see a glimpse at what the future could look like and what already is here, but not for everyone, is just—it's incredible. Um, what should people do? They're listening. They're intrigued. How can they learn more about IAPS? Um, well, we have a Facebook group called IAPS um, that is a great way to go in, ask questions. You can also go on Discord, which is l- much less user-friendly, but if you're techie, then 
you'll feel right at home. Um, there's, you can find the branch on GitHub and download it yourself. Um, and we've made some videos as well. I mean, we yes. have, we have some, we've had some, uh, loop and learn zoom recordings that are posted, uh, on YouTube as well. So there's, there's places to go to see, uh, and listen. Uh, we have a video on how to set it up, a video on, mm -hmm. on how to configure it past week one. Um, and there's a, an extensive documentation website as well, but I'd, I'd probably start with a Facebook page. Yeah. Okay. And, um, I also on that loop and learn note, great resource. That's where I was first introduced to both of your stories. Originally though, I was introduced to you to, or to those videos by Anastasia, um, this lady, uh, on IAPS who reached out to me on Instagram and she'll be coming on the show next week to talk all about her experience using IAPS. Um, kind that of getting, amazing. yeah, getting someone else's experience, um, a little less technical and just, just kind of your, your everyday person using this, using this system. So I'm excited to hear uh, what that sounds like. So thank you, Anastasia, for making all of this happen, um, and putting this in front of me. Um, you know, this was just so amazing. Thank you both so much for coming on. Um, I, I just can't wait to see what happens with this and learn more about it. And, um, I mean, I want to get on it. You should get on it. You should. Yeah. Can you, can you give me a little help? Can, will you help me a little bit? Okay. Of course. <laughs> okay. Okay. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it and I'm going to document it. Uh, but yeah, thank cool. you. <laughs> thank you so much for coming on the show. Yes. It was our pleasure. We're, we're very happy that we were able to hold off the helicopters and, <laughs> and be here for, for this. Yep. Thank you so much for having us. Fun fact, Teresa's levels were still 70 milligrams per deciliter or 3.9 millimoles when we finished the recording. It literally stayed the same for the last 45 minutes of that call. Crazy. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. Stay tuned for next week's episode. I've got that IAPS user coming on the show and she's going to tell me about her experience and what I can expect getting on it because I'm getting on it. And yeah, I'll be documenting it on social and on YouTube. So stay tuned for that. Make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel. To learn more about IAPS, I've thrown links to what we mentioned in the show, the Loop and Learn YouTube channel where you can learn more about IAPS in those live sessions and a website link for the IAPS app so you can learn all about it. There's also a link to the T1D registry in the description and that truly helps me out when you sign up. But not only that, you'll be pushing diabetes research and treatment forward and sometimes you even get compensated. So thank you. New episodes of this podcast release every Monday, wherever you listen and on YouTube. There's links to my YouTube channel and social media pages in today's show notes. I'm Justin, and I'll see you next week.